Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday, April 30th edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you for the final day of what will likely be uh, the best month for the market in like 46 years. Uh, so we've got a lot of earnings on our radar. It is probably the biggest earnings day of the quarter. Uh, so we'll cover as many of those as we can. Microsoft, Facebook, Tesla, Twitter. Uh, we have a couple other headlines as well, but earnings will dominate. We also have jobless claims at 8.30, and we'll be joined by Mark Chaikin at 8.15. Joel, give us a quick recap in the overnight session here. You know what? I'm going to be a quick recap here because we got a lot to cover. Uh, pre-market high, 29.65. That was above the uh, fluff 5 p.m. high of 59.75. So really important level up there for us to clear on the upside just hanging at the pre-market low of 29.20 at 29.21 and a quarter. Support down at the interday low from yesterday at 02 and a quarter. Uh, Trump helping crude up a buck 96 at 21.08. Okay, then. Gold up $17 at 17.30.40. Silver up 34 and a half cents at 15.66. And Bitcoin did trade up to 9,560 last night. But. It's only up one hundred and thirty-five dollars here at eight thousand nine hundred and six. And and Bitcoin, don't forget, we there is a halvening coming up in May. Uh, every four years, there is that a word halvening? Uh, yes, uh, there, there are. <laughs> it, it's part of the the crypto lexicon. But uh, every four years, the amount of uh, Bitcoin that you get as a reward for mining a block on the chain gets cut in half to just to cut, to keep inflation in check. So, so uh, there, there is a halvening coming up in May. That is why Bitcoin has run up here. So is halvening like HODL or is halvening an actual word that's in the, in the English? Dictionary? No, no. Uh, uh, well, you're the a... English guy. <laughs> I'm the trader. So I didn't, you know, I didn't do that well in English. So I don't know if it's in the dictionary, but it is. It is happening. It is happening. Hodling. They got their own it... lang language. They're going to take over the world with their currency. They're going to take over the world with their language too. So we might as well add it to our vocabulary because eventually, when Bitcoin rules the world, we'll have to talk happenings and hodls. So, Wait, Dennis, okay. Dennis, wasn't French your primary um, language in school? <laughs> yeah. I took French to grade nine, and I can remember this. So I, I despised, like I actually just hated French class, hated it. And I went to, um, you know, and I, I went to grade nine, and I did all advanced courses. And I was in advanced French for the first, like, week. And I'm like, uh, I don't like this at all. I'm going down to general. 
And I remember like the guidance counselor, they had a talk with me because like I was a pretty good student and they're like, oh, you don't want any general credits, you know, just do your advanced grade nine. You only have to do one year in Canada of, of grade nine French. Just do your advanced because you don't want any general credits because universities don't like seeing general credits anywhere on your transcript. I'm like, I'll take my chances. I'm going down to general French. So <laughs> went down to general French, had no trouble. The universities didn't care that I had grade nine general. So I did not like general French. So just in Canada, they have advanced in general and then basic classes, three different levels, depending on how good you were. At least they did. That's the way they did it 25 years ago. So anyways, I did not do well in French at all. Never liked French. Quick, quick um, story. Uh, I took French starting in like seventh or eighth grade. You probably speak and, more French than me then. But listen to this. Oh, me too. The reason I did it is because if you took, if you took four years, didn't even have to take an entrance test in Michigan. You didn't even have to touch a language. So I took the four years all the way through high school. French is hard. I, but, but, you know, I got through it and, uh, and I got through it. And so I never had to take any languages in Michigan and they were hard. I would not, I would not have done well. I probably know less French for anybody that took four years of French. <laughs> you just got, I by. can't remember anything. I like, I love, Bonjour. I eat. Yeah, bonjour. But uh, we, let's go to stocks. We got a lot of stocks to cover stocks, here. Stocks are our second language here. Okay, let's go. Who do you want to do? Facebook, Twitter, Well, Amazon, let's talk Facebook, Facebook because it's just so interesting. And I want to just talk the overall markets with it. Because when you look here and you see, holy cow, Facebook's up 16 points. Microsoft, these are the big guns. You know, was trading up a lot more last night. It has leaked some of the gains. Tesla was up and still is up significantly. You're like, how in the hell is the market down? <laughs> I mean, and we were up last night, but the big three that reported last night all beat Qualcomm too. Qualcomm trading higher. Um, so you kind of go through the list and you're like, man. And then you see, well, the press conference for oil was pretty good. Um, or the press conference of Trump where he was talking about helping the oil stocks. So you have some oil stocks trading higher. And you're like, how in the hell are we trading down? But I'm going to tell you how we're trading down. I'll tell you in a minute. But um, let's go to the Facebook report. Yeah, so the Facebook numbers were uh, all in all pretty good, uh, and they had some commentary on the call that was important. So their their Q1 numbers, EPS buck seventy one versus buck seventy four estimate, slight miss on that. Sales beat though seventeen point seven versus seventeen point four billion dollars. Daily active users up eleven percent year over year. Monthly active users up ten percent. And then on the call, they said the same thing that Google said which was that they, they see signs of stability in the advertising business in April. And we know they make the bulk of their revenues from digital ads. So that was a welcome thing to hear. I was wrong about this one because I have this in my long-term portfolio and I sold it when it got back up. I thought it was failing at 180. You can see when it went up back up there and then it didn't make a new high. And then it actually went down the next day. So I sold it. If you look at the candle on April the 20th, because I felt like it wasn't going to make a new high. I thought felt like it was failing right around when I thought the market might fail to 50% retracement too. And I sold it and the stock went down the next day over 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, thank goodness I got out. Well, that was the buying opportunity because obviously we're significantly higher than that now. We are only 3% away from all-time highs for Facebook. Yes, that nice. is correct, which is absolutely – I guess it's a little bit further than that now because it was 215 last night. It's 210, so say 4 or 5% away. But absolutely incredible that this stock has gotten back almost its entire losses from the, the COVID crash. Um, very impressive moves. 
if you're buying it now, you're way late to the party, in my opinion. Yes, you know, there could still be a little bit of upside. And yes, if you think this market's going to go higher, stocks like Facebook are probably going to go higher too. But holy cow, chase, chase, chase. People are chasing this last night, chasing it this morning. I'm not chasing it. Uh, this, I mean, Spencer and I were talking about this on the pre pre market show. You know, the majority of the quarter was, you know, was normal circumstances. And then we went into pandemic mode and people were in their house and they were in their house on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, using these medians. So, um, you know, you look at the, the results and, you know, it's it, the whole quarter was not under quarantine. So they're reflecting us some good news here. Uh, pre-market high 217.26 and you've backed off now this is this is setting up really nice here because you've come back and you found someone that absolutely loves this thing around 210 209.60 to 210 so it's hanging there i'll say bulls win you hold 210 you run up and test that pre-market high I just couldn't tell you an exit point, you know, if we don't hold this 210 area, if I was long at 210, you know, risk 50 cents, then you're almost likely to get bumped. But right now, I don't even know if there was a daily high there, little gap fill we have. But to me, 210 looks like the level of uh, level of control here in Facebook. We'll, we'll check on it at the end of the show. Let's put Twitter with it. Twitter getting sure. a nice pop on its earnings. It is leaking the gains back too. Full disclosure, I am long Twitter. One stock that I did right. I actually got it near the bottom of the second dip, I believe around 23 and a half. So I'm up almost 50, you know, 40% in this thing in the better part of a month. Um, I, I don't know. I, 35 is where I was thinking eventually could get. I almost, think, I, I almost got there in the pre-market. Where'd it get to? Uh, it did get over 35. I should have my order out there. Yeah, just like you did your, um, my your, Gilead. Uh, your Gilead. Although Gilead's come all the way back up. Eight thirty-five fifty is where you got full disclosure. I bought this thing back at seventeen dollars back in two thousand seventeen. I wanted to buy it. I wanted to sell it. I wanted to buy more. I wanted to sell it, short it. I don't know. I'll just hold on to it. I I really don't have. Um, it's not a large position, so I'm just sticking with it. Uh, short term, hmm, that was a nice pop, and I don't like the drop. I'll look at yesterday's range, and I'll use that as parameters in the stock. Uh, as long as we hold above 3150, that's the high of yesterday's range. Then I think, you know, shorts would want to try and bring in if we come to that area. You break below that 3150, not much in there. Two day close, 2827. On the upside, man, I haven't looked at this chart in a long time. Maybe if you get it going to the upside, you might get a look at 3346. That's what I would look ahead ahead of the pre market high. Uh, that was a high in the stock as it was coming down in March. So there's a target for you in Twitter. Definitely leaking the gains here, though. And again, it's just maybe a little bit of buyer exhaustion in a few of these stocks, like the recorders maybe are okay. But I mean, at a certain point here, we've been really ripping. I still think we could go to 3,000. I'm a little concerned with the trading action today that we you know, were up significantly last night and we turned around and went red and they were slamming a lot of different stocks. So it's gonna be a big 830 number here today too. It's the end of, of, of the month as well. So that can always have an influence on stocks. Big numbers tonight from Apple and Amazon. So there's so much information to come into this market that's very difficult to make a technical call here. Um, I saw the show a few days ago. Someone just came in and whacked Twitter here. 
<laughs> we just lost 60 cents. Well, I, I know they've, they've been walking at the whole, they, <laughs> okay. it, it rallied initially on the number and they've been walking at the entire pre-market. It looks like it's going to go red. So, which it just yeah. actually is trying to go. Just red for here. a second there. It's now going it's red. red. It's going red right now. What are you now, guys doing months. out there? Okay. They're, they're slamming Twitter here right now. I mean, I'm still on it. Uh, I'm going to probably stick with it, but it would have been nice to get out 35. I think if it gets back <laughs> to 35 again, I sell it. <laughs> but uh, that is what it is. I didn't get on the pre-market. I was sleeping. Well, I wasn't sleeping, but I was trading other things. All right. Um, then do Microsoft, and then we're going to talk overall market. Yeah, the big gun here, uh, Microsoft, uh, they said something interesting. They said that uh, all in all, the uh, the coronavirus has had a minimal impact on their revenue yeah. this year. So Q3 EPS, a buck 40 versus a buck 26 estimate, sales of 35. Uh, billion dollars versus a $33.6 billion estimate. So they beat on both the bo- uh, top and bottom line uh, for, the, for the quarter. Uh, as far as Microsoft Teams, I've been watching that. They now have 75 million daily active users on that platform. That's their Slack slash Zoom competitor, I guess. Uh, and they gave some guidance on the conference call, I believe, but I don't have it front of me right now i apologize but uh they did the, the, the biggest sentiment was that the the COVID 19 and, and this is a, a direct quote i'll read it for i'll read it for you in the third quarter of fiscal year 2020 COVID 19 had a minimal net impact on total company revenue so it's a, all big again same story here we're leaking so how high did we get in the pre-market or after hours there last night joel uh, and Mr. Softy, we yeah. uh yeah, same same scenario. Uh you got a nice burst up to 186.52. Holy mackerel. That's right near the all-time highs. I know. People coming in and buying these things up 190.70. So you're talking four bucks from the all-time high. I mean, yes, it's had a minimal impact there, but there's still gonna be some impacts going forward from this. So i I, I find it very hard to buy a stock making a new all-time high here right now. And maybe, you know, and maybe that's always the way you should be buying strength and selling weakness. We know that's always worked. But in this case here, I own Microsoft. So I'm talking a little bit against my book, but you know, I, I almost think I obviously should have rang the register last night at 185 or 186. It's had a big run. I mean, I bought this at 151 three weeks ago. I think it was three weeks ago I bought this thing. So you're talking about a move of you know, 35 points on a huge market cap stock from 150, a 20, 25% move here in three weeks. You're buying it now and you're putting the stuff in your invest portfolio late to the party again. So there is stocks. And we saw this yesterday in the rotation. It was just incredible yesterday where you saw really, you know, some of the leaders were laggards, but the laggards were just like getting bought left, right, and center. They were buying airlines like they were going out of style yesterday. They were buying cruise lines like this is the, this is it. We've got to own everything. They were really just like shorts were throwing in the towel left, right, and center on everything yesterday. Um, and you saw that happen again last night. But what happened here this morning? A little bit of a reversal. So I... I uh, again, you know, you've got to always be changing your opinion on the fly here. But I look at that 295 spy now, and I think maybe we're not going to 300. I don't like the candle today. I'm not shorting anything. I thought, you know, because I said on the show the last, you know, three days, I thought we were going eventually 3,000 S&P. I think we could still, but it's not going to be smooth sailing. And you know, when you saw the Facebook, Microsoft earnings last night, just everything flying higher, and then they were starting to buy everything else. You thought, okay, this is going to be one of those days tomorrow we're going to go to 3,000. But ah, 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 not so fast. 
and they pull the rug out from underneath the longs and now you're seeing a significant sell-off in a lot of stocks this morning there's a lot of stuff that's trading red the banks are getting hit pretty hard here europe is a little bit of a mess this morning um european stocks the banks are down significantly too they've been on a hell of a run so this is a little bit of profit taking probably from the bulls i mean we've had an incredible run in a lot of stocks even the banks the banks were beat up but they've had a pretty good three-day move here so you know jp morgan from 90 dollars to 100 dollars in three days Maybe it's time to take some power. Twitter red by a buck twenty three, buck eleven here, buck twenty seven. What happened there? there? What happened? It's there? just it, people are taking profits. It's had a hell of a run too. I mean, I don't know if something was said on the conference call or if the conference call is even going on. If this is just technical, but you know, people are just like, ah, oh, go buy, buy, buy. They buy it up to thirty four, thirty five dollars. Don't chase, people, traders. I say it every day. You chase in stocks. It's the first thing I learned back, you know, in the first six months. Okay, my, my training career, I take you back to 1999 because I feel like people can learn from stuff like this. Started in 1999 at Bright Trading, May of 1999. The first, you know, few weeks, I'm just chasing stocks. I'm like, oh, I'm getting in this. I'm getting in that. I'm chasing, 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 chasing. I'm losing, 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 losing. I'm like, oh, this one's going. I better buy this one. Oh, this one's going up. I better buy this one. What did I learn the hard way? That when I'm chasing stocks, I get burned. And, you know, so what I said was, you know, and I've used this analogy a lot of times, when the train is rolling down the tracks and you try to jump on the side of it, a lot of times you fall under the tracks. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you can grab something and go along for the ride, but for the most part, you fall under the tracks. The time to make the trade is when we're in consolidation station, when it's paused for a second, train has stopped. Now it's looking to turn higher or it's looking to turn lower. That's the striking time. You're coming in this morning and you're buying Twitter up four bucks. You are jumping on a moving train and you've got run over hard here this morning. How many, how many losers did you have in a row? 19 in a row. My second week of trading at Bright Trading, I lost on 19 consecutive trades. That is impressive to do because you think about it. <laughs> and that's during the dot-com bubble too. That's when everything's going up. Yeah, 1999, everything's going up. But, you know, but we were, we were both sides. I was always, you know, I liked the short side even when I first started up Bright Trading. I remember you saying that to me, Joel. You're like, you're kind of the weirdest retail trader. You come in, but you love shorting stocks. It's like most <laughs> retail guys come in and they just buy stocks. But, you know, right, you, like, you like, like shorting stocks too much. But anyways, that is the side story. 19 trades I lost on in a row. I'm like, I really suck at this. I really suck at this. But you know what? You know, and you've got to be like doing something mechanically wrong to get on 19 trades in a row. Because you think about, you know, what's the odds of, you know, going onto a roulette wheel and betting on red and then betting on black and betting and getting it wrong 19 times in a row? It's not, the statistics right. behind that are not very high. All right, Dennis, can I interrupt you for a second? I just yeah. want to bring on, bring on our guest and get Mark's thoughts on this. Mark Chaikin uh, is the, the founder of- The 19 losses in a row? Not the 19 <laughs> losses in a row, but what you were saying before that about, about the rotation and, and the chasing. So I'll bring Mark on here. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're hanging in there. Uh, do you have thoughts? Not, I, don't, I don't know if you have thoughts on uh, uh, Dennis's uh, massive losing streak to start his career, but do you have thoughts on what we're seeing here in this market and just the relentless buying going on out there? Well, having listened to the conversation for the last 10 minutes, I would say that there aren't people buying this market. Machines are buying this market. Oh, that too. Except for, except for day traders. But There's I mean, a lot of Robinhood traders. There's a lot yeah. of retail traders that are like jumping and bouncing around in here too and probably getting chopped up a bit. But you're right. Now, the, the bulk of the volume is machines for sure. Yeah, and I, well, I agree with you that we could get to 3,000. You usually get some early uh, month strength <clears throat> with 
pension fund money coming in or programs like the CTA type programs driving the market. And uh, yesterday's strength above 2905 on a closing basis pushed the CTA models into bullish territory. And these are the models that you know, tend to rebalance once a month. Um, they're either long or short momentum and uh, they're in long mode. And I think we, we're seeing some of that in some of the explosions in the big cap names in the S&P. What are your thoughts here with today's price? Today's pricing action concerns me a little bit because we were up significantly last night. We saw Facebook ripping higher. Microsoft was significantly higher. Having difficulty holding the gains. I mean, Microsoft's only up two bucks after being up eight bucks last night. Um, you look at Facebook and you know it's leaked some too. It was up another 10 from where it is. So it's leaked back a significant amount of the gains. Twitter was up huge this morning and has actually turned to the red. Um, I look at this and I think, man, there's some people taking profits out here on these spikes. Um, which makes me a little bit concerned that this market might start to teeter again. Thoughts? Well, I think you're right. And uh, up until this week, uh, earnings season has been very benign. Analysts had lowered their estimates coming in. No surprise there. Uh, and even companies that missed on estimates were not punished, but the companies that exceeded did very well. I think what you're seeing now is there are real sellers coming in. So I think the selling is being done by humans here, not by machines. These are people who are either long the stock, sophisticated investors or traders who wrote out the storm, if you will, who see these uh, as a sell on the news opportunity in, in these big cap names. And there's been an awful lot of good news in the market in terms of um, drug treatments, potentially uh, in terms of the economy reopening. So I, I think smart money is probably getting out here and, and your, uh, you know, your trepidation is probably well-founded. Uh, uh, you know, and it's just the fact, like I look and, you know, even on Microsoft, and obviously I probably should have sold it last night because it's down, you know, significantly from where it was. But I mean, I bought the stock at 151 bucks three weeks ago. I mean, it got up to 186 here after hours. I mean, is, are we really at a point where the mega cap should now be, besides Amazon, because we know their business is, you know, built for even a COVID environment, but are we really at a point here where the mega cap should be making new all-time highs or trying I, to? I don't think so. I mean, if you, let's use 3000 and take Goldman Sachs um, straw man of a, $110 earnings for the S&P, that would put the market at about a 28 multiple. And granted, everybody has written off 2020. So the, the bet here is that 2021 sees earnings come back to the 2019 level. If it takes until 2022, then paying 28 times earnings. Uh, remember, the economy was uh, the consumer and the economy was slowing down inventory, accumulation, capital expenditures was soft in the fourth quarter. So I think if you're taking the long view, you say, well, this has still been a bear market rally. It's, it's made a lot of traders rich if they were on the right side of this. The hedge funds were not, they were short. But I'll give you an anecdote and maybe you can riff on this. I have a great, sure. great construction manager up here in Roxbury, Connecticut, uh, but he's a fairly sophisticated guy can do anything with his hands. And he's been asking me for the last four weeks, Mark, what do you think about the market here? Is it bottomed out? What do you think? I've told him, you know, that I thought this was a bear market rally and, and odds are with the uncertainties, we'd go lower. So yesterday he came to put some chairs together for my deck 
And he said, boy, I've got some really big gains in Carnival Cruise Lines and Royal Caribbean. I'm, you know, I'm really happy here. I said, you must be up about 100%. He said, I am roughly 95%. So uh, is this the shoeshine boy uh, giving JP Morgan a stock tip, uh, you know, on Lower Broadway in 1928? I don't know. But uh, you have to wonder about people who just blindly stepped into the breach and more credit to them did, did better in this trading account than I did. I, I mean, blindly buying the dip and the fear of all of this stuff worked. It worked again. But um, look what he bought. It's not like he bought. Yeah, Microsoft and he bought the worst and stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's been the best. I know he bought ground zero or, or, or water zero with the cruise line. But I mean, it, it worked. It worked again. It worked. Like I obviously didn't work, you know, if you were early on the trade. I mean, if you were buying that dip on RCL when it went to 100 or 80 or 60, but after, you know, March, any really, you know, dip buying did work. Um, I, I don't know where we go from here. I mean, from a logical perspective, I think about all this stuff and I think like, how in the hell, you know, are these stocks coming back to where they were? But then, you know, you think, well, maybe we're getting past this. You try to apply logic, but then I said, screw it. I'm taking my logical hat and just throwing it out the window because this market isn't trading on logic anymore. It's trading on fear and it's trading on the fear of missing out. And until that fear of missing out becomes the fear of loss again, um, the market could continue to go higher. So I've had trouble, you know, a struggle because my, my logic says sell everything. You know, we've gotten all these rallies back and I don't think we're nearly out of the woods on this COVID stuff, but the technical hat says, man, you know, we're squeezing the hell out of the shorts. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have a breakdown level. I agree with you. Um, you've got to have a breakdown level where you say, okay, the, the rally is rolled over. But I think if you key in on two groups, the airlines and the banks, you get a different picture than the one we've been painting and, and that you've been talking about this morning. The banks look like holy hell. You look at Wells Fargo, the worst managed bank, butchered the PPP um, loan situation. We know that because we bank with Wells at Chaikin. But even if you look at J.P. Morgan City and uh, Bank of America, they're they're down at the bottom of the page, struggling to rally. And the airlines, even though they've had big percentage moves, you know, are, are awful. So I think, what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that the new normal is not as pretty as this current rally would suggest it is. So, Mark, what's on your uh, radar here as we are about three and a half minutes away from the latest initial jobless claims data? What what stocks are, are you watching or what sectors are you watching? I'm watching the pullback in the biotech stocks. I think that there's some real opportunities over the next week or so. You've had uh, Regeneron come down from a peak. Vertex reported very strong earnings last night. The stock is up very nicely, but it's still below its highs. I'm watching Biogen, which got slammed after a great earnings report last week uh, because their Alzheimer's drug um, is in uh, sort of limbo, but they have three or four Alzheimer's drugs and it's always paid to buy Biogen um, on weakness based on one drug and they've had it more than once. So basically the whole Alzheimer's story is the juice behind Biogen. So I'm watching the biotechs. I'm also looking for opportunities to sell some of the apparel uh, stocks like uh, PVH and um, uh, Ralph Lauren. I just think they've gone too far too fast in an economy where the stores are still closed. Um, interesting with the employment numbers, 
two things. A, the government's downplaying the actual unemployment rate. They're going to call it 5%. It's really 15% if we get another 3.5 million claims. And B, every time a day since March 23rd, the uh, market has rallied on the Thursday that the unemployment claims have come out. So has. let's see every if we time. can, if we don't, if we break the trend this time, that may be a clue that that 3000 level is going to be hard to penetrate. And some of the apparels didn't like, uh, like, like that trash didn't rally yesterday. A lot of retail did not rally yesterday. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that they, they didn't rally with the rest of the, the dogs in the market. But uh, how do you approach Gilead here? Oh, Gilead's uh, biotech has always been a long-term investment uh, for me. It's never been uh, easy to trade these stocks because they they ebb and flow on the FDA and and so forth. But I mean, Gilead uh, was a good company that had a very uh, short pipeline, and that's why the basically why the stock sold down. Um, obviously, well, they're talking about not charging for Remdesivir. Remdesivir, right? Yeah. There's talk that they're not going to charge for it. At least that's what Kramer was saying uh, yesterday. So, you know, that's a nice to have uh, for company credibility, but are they really going to get paid for it? All right. Uh, under a minute here. Yeah, Dennis, are you, uh, you prepared here? You going wide on number. your markets? Yeah, I'm going wide. <laughs> All right, so, we'll so, so as Mark was saying, the estimate is for three and a half million jobless claims filed last week that would bring the uh the the higher the better for the five week total to uh a little over 30 million but let's see what we get here higher the better higher the better just remember that the higher the number is the better it is for the market that's the way it's been rat reacting it's uh it's uh popped the last few times and and i think it sustained those rallies during the day but uh it did joel Yep. So that we'll see what uh, what Mr. Market's dialing up for us here with the jobless claims number moments away. Futures futures within three points of their uh, pre-market lows. So. Yeah, just hanging out here. Um, if we do get a rally, I'd like to see what happens at that close. We are getting a little bit of a rally. There so. we go. Sorry, my internet froze out there for a second. So uh, the actual number is 3.8 million, okay. so a little higher than the estimate now. So just to recap the past few weeks here, uh, dating back to the middle of March, uh, the last six readings are now 3.3 million, 6.8 million, 6.6 million, 5.2 million, 4.4 million, and now... 3.8 million. So at least we're getting down. At least it's, at least the, the rate is falling. But these are still astronomical numbers here. You know, at, at this rate, there's going to be effectively 20% unemployment by the end oh, of yeah. May. May. Uh, I, Dennis, you know, hit on a key point. It's pretty amazing that this market, particularly the NASDAQ, trading up near new all-time highs with 20% unemployment. There's a huge leap of faith going on. God, God bless the people who are long and enjoying this but it, it's just it's too easy guys it's just too easy but i've been saying but uh i've been trying not not to think too much the past couple of weeks because when i think i get in trouble so yeah personal income down two percent versus 1.3 percent estimate uh we did get we did get a pop but it it wasn't like the pop that we got the last uh, the last few numbers. Now we're still trying here. It's still a rally, but you know it's just kind of have, have no levels here. But it just seems like 
yeah, we're rallying, but they're sellers. You know what I mean? That they like they're running into some bigger offers. I'm not looking at the books at anything, but it just seems like I'm trying to rally. I'm trying to rally, but there's a seller. I'm trying to rally, rally because I was really. I thought the way the thing we ripped over the last couple uh, numbers, I thought we were going to rip up to like 29.40. High close of the move now is going to be my focus number for the rest of the week, 29.41. Uh, but so far, uh, we haven't um, come near that level. Uh, Mark, before we let you go, um, let's just let's just talk, uh, you know, oil here. And, uh, you know, we had the, the, uh, the big negativity, the May going. Uh, July, nice rally here, bringing along some of the uh, oil stocks with it. Uh, ExxonMobil, Chevron, having excellent days yesterday. Uh, give us any thoughts on this sector. I know it, it's probably your long-term uh, uh, numbers are not that great on it, but uh, shorter term, is it good for a trade? I think the key to this sector are the dividends. Uh, Royal Dutch cut the dividend by 75% last night. Um, ExxonMobil is maintaining the dividend. Uh, we'll see how long that goes on. But I think the oil stocks um, with the dividends like Chevron and ExxonMobil are the only place to be. The smaller producers yep. are vulnerable and bankruptcies are going to be coming. That's also part of the reason the banks are trading so poorly because they're exposed to some of that debt in addition to consumer debt. So, um, you know, I think if you look at unemployment and oil, you get a totally different picture than you do looking at the big averages with uh, the domination sure, yeah. of, of Apple, um, Amazon, Microsoft, and so forth. So um, it be interesting to see if Amazon can hold its gains or if it's a sell on the news opportunity when they Mark, report. Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other week. Mark, as always, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you again uh, in a couple of weeks. In two weeks, yep. All be right. good, guys. All right, be safe out there. All right, uh, I want to get to Tesla here. Uh, just before we get too late in the show, I want to bring sure. up their earnings. I'll give you the numbers. The EPS for Tesla was a buck twenty-four. That that is heavily adjusted, heavily adjusted. You cannot compare that to a thirty-six cent loss estimate. So throw that out the window. A buck twenty-four adjusted EPS sales more comparable. Five point nine eight versus five point nine billion dollars. Uh, they talked about, uh, you know, they're they're going to revisit their outlook uh, uh, next quarter. Talked about, hey, they actually made a profit, net income of sixteen million dollars, which is encouraging. We knew we knew we knew their deliveries from a few weeks ago. Uh, they delivered, what was the number? Seventy. Uh, just had it here. Seventy. Uh, had it in front of me and then I lost it. I apologize. Uh, they'd already announced their deliveries for, uh, for, for the quarter. Uh, 70, uh, 88,000 cars last quarter is what they delivered. Um, the numbers from Tesla were, were encouraging. The fact that they made a profit, but all anyone's going to want to talk about is what Elon said on the call, which is uh, just saying what he has to say to, to keep his company in business, I guess. But he was, uh, to put it lightly, um, not... Uh, not for an economic shutdown. He, what did he say? So could you say what he say? What did, what he, did he say? say? He yeah. called uh, the current economic shutdown uh, fascist. Uh, he wants their factories open like last week. Um, he. Uh, it's funny because it's it's the tale of two CEOs, right? Because yeah. Mark Zuckerberg uh, on his call said that he's afraid that we're going to reopen the economies too early. And, and it's going to uh, cause the virus to pick up speed again. And Elon Musk took the exact opposite tone where he's saying, 
oh, no, open it now. We need to open it right now. And I can, I can understand why he would say that because his company uh, is, is bleeding here and he's got to stop the bleeding somehow. So I, I, I can sympathize with that, with that, with why he would say that. But uh, he was doing so well when he was keeping his mouth shut. He was doing so well. I, I've got, you want to hear my theory on this? So just take away from the markets for three minutes. So I've got a theory. And um, this is kind of, you know, just from analysis. So you have basically the population is divided into thirds right now. You have a third of people like me and Joel's probably in that group and, some, and, and Zuckerberg maybe who are scared. And we want to stay, you know, in the lockdown for as long as it takes to minimize the spread and get rid of the virus. Then you have a third of the population that's on the opposite end of the spectrum. They think this is way overblown. They think this isn't much worse than the flu. And why don't we just reopen everything and get back to our normal course of business? Nobody likes being this. That covers everyone. But that third of the population really doesn't like this. They don't like their freedoms being taken away and they want to go back to work. And then you have another third of the population that's kind of in the middle. They're kind of like, well, I want to go out, but I don't want to get the virus and they don't know what to do. So, you know, and it's split into thirds. So if Zuckerberg on one end of the spectrum, you have, obviously, Musk's going to be on the other end of the spectrum. I'm with Zuckerberg, but then there's a lot of people. You know, Christian Fromherz has been one, and, you know, Christian listens to the show. And, you know, he's been saying open it up. So, I mean, there's so many opinions on this. And when you have these clashing of opinions, and we know we've had it in our chat. I've had it with fights with Twitter. When you get one person who's on the one side that says we need to reopen, and Nick Shaheen has said we need to reopen. So he's been on the other side, too. And these are all smart people. It's not like, you know, it's dumb people, smart people. It's just such a divided subject. But the people who are in the one third and the other third really battle. And, you know, I've had some battles with Twitter on Twitter, too, saying I think, you know, we need to keep it, you know, shut down. But I mean, it's at a point where it's hard. People are going to have their opinions and you're not going to change them. So, you know, if I'm trying to come on here and I used to say and advocate, you know, we need to lock down and I would advocate a lot, I was just pissing a lot of people off. So those people who are in that third of the group aren't going to change their opinion. They're going to stick, you know, with that. We need to reopen the economy and, you know, start, you know, getting the life back to normal. And the other third who are a little scared, you're not going to change their opinion either. So, you know what? I'm just trying to ignore the opinions altogether because it's, it's, it's leaving, you know, because I, I don't want to get in fights with everybody about it. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion um, and we try to do our best. I have a, I'm of the opinion I think we do need to, you know, continue the lockdown because I don't want to go and, back into lockdown. Yeah, and you can understand why Elon would, would I, I don't know if, if I agree with his, his tact and his tone, but you can understand why he would really, really want to get things reopened because, you know, we don't know if they can, taken a full quarter of this right i mean one month is hard two months are hard enough i just and 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 you're right but i just get scared that we open up re too soon i'm with zuckerberg and we open up too soon and then all of a sudden everybody starts getting sick again we got to go back and right right that's the argument that's like a worst case scenario right i'm just saying you can like understand although i i I don't know if if i agree with elon's tone and calling it's not i don't think it's fascist but uh you can understand the fear because you just don't know if a company like that can survive an entire quarter with no production, right? So that's the point. So, right, so, so anyway, Tesla's numbers were by and large pretty good, and it's it's reflected in the stock this morning. Like I said, they made a profit last quarter. They're still on track. Uh, they have the capacity, he said, to to deliver the cars they said they were going to deliver. It's just a question of are they going to be allowed to do that? But the stock is up up here this morning, and we're hovering around eight sixty. I mean, you can't trade logically. You can't think about logic here. 
um, at all. It's momentum, it's squeezing, it's a story, it's still got the story intact, and you know, you just gotta trade it off of that. With that being said, you're back up to where you were. I mean, we've went up, if you're buying it now and sticking this in your long-term portfolio, you're doing it backwards. You know, the thing was 360 bucks a month ago, month and a half, not even, just over a month ago, month and a half ago, 350 bucks. Now it's $850. So you're buying it now and you're sticking your line, like putting the investing hat on. You can trade anything, but even as a trader here, I got to think you're going to start to run into some resistance up at this 900 and 920 and 930 where we ran into resistance before. Old resistance becomes new resistance when you get back to that point. So I don't think we're just going to fly right through that area. So if you're coming in here by now, I think you're late to the party. And I've watched what's happened with Facebook, the failure that they've kind of had this morning. You know, they were trying to get up there. What was the high in Facebook, Joel? I'm trying to make a case here. What was the high after hours uh, high in Facebook? Let me, let me go to 217.26. Right near 220. So failing right where we were back in February. Microsoft, same thing. You know, got 3 or $4 within the high. Tesla's within 40 bucks of the 900 where it failed before. You know what? I just watched Facebook fail or, or, or starting to pull. And we don't know for sure, but it's pulled significantly off of where those highs were. I watched Twitter completely reverse. I watched Microsoft. So I'm like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, I would not be buying Tesla up $60 here um, on these numbers for the simple reason I just watched a lot of other big caps reverse off of these old former or when they got near these former resistance levels. So just as a technical trader, I'd be booking profits in Tesla. Uh, it took the words right out of my mouth here as far as Tesla goes. You have the exact same setup that you had when we were talking about Twitter uh, and, and Facebook. Uh, you have the high, uh, I believe is 881. You have the support, and then you just kind of have the leakage here. And as I talked about, you know, not wanting to be long uh, Facebook under 210 because there was nowhere to go, same about that high, 3150 that you had in Twitter. Twitter now in the red by uh, near like just about $2. Same here with Tesla. I mean, you're holding. I mean, who wants to buy this thing at, uh, at $855? Go right ahead. Where's your out if it doesn't hold $855? And then I think you just have a little bit of supply, you know, building up here. So, I'm on the same side as you with that, Dennis. I'm a little disappointed. I really thought we were going to rally off that uh, jobless claims number. I guess it wasn't high enough. Uh, we went down and made a new low for the pre-market session. So we're kind of in no man's land here, uh, starting to lose some momentum. People are uh, taking to profits today. Yeah. It, it, it's sure a profit-taking like Thursday. And maybe it turns around and they start to rip them higher here again. But there's some definitely some bulls that are taking some profits here. We got up near 3,000. We didn't quite get to it last night where we got to about 295 and change on SPY. Was it 296? I might have even saw 296 last night briefly. But, you know, so yeah, we got sure it within the realm. That, uh, uh, the Spoo's got to 2965. Boy, you had a fluff, uh, fluff um, 415 to 5. You know, Dennis, obviously you saw that reflected in the Spiders price. Yeah. Uh, but boy, oh boy, they were just buying that Spoo's hand over fist. In fact, we closed, uh, the cash close was 41 even. Your last after hours print was 58.50. So they put it, they baked in another 17 handles worth of gains there uh, between 4.30 and 5. Uh, it did, I think that 29.65 high, when did you get that? You know what? Uh, the spiders were closed. You hit that 29.65 just after midnight. So you had to be a midnight trader to catch that one. Uh, your 4 a.m. traders, your spider traders, uh, 
20, it never even got over 20, barely got over 2950 uh, since uh, the reopened. Uh, back over uh, my daily level for, you know, the daily pivot, 2920, trying to muster a rally here. Uh, let's move on. It's 844. We still got a lot of earnings reports to cover. You want to do uh, Qualcomm? Because that's faded too. Boy, they all to be- faded. It's a, it's a theme. It's the theme. Go ahead. Qualcomm. All right, let me get you the numbers here for Qualcomm. Uh, yesterday after the close, Q2 adjusted EPS, 88 cents versus a 78 cent estimate. So a nice beat there. Sales to, uh, 5.2 versus $5.0 billion. So a beat and a beat for Qualcomm in the second quarter. They gave guidance, which is nice to see. They gave Q3 EPS guidance. They gave a range of 60 to 80 cents per share, which is in line with the estimate. And the sales guidance they gave was also in line at 44 to $5.2 billion. So in-line guidance for Q3 and the Q2 earnings and sales beats for Qualcomm. I own it in the long-term portfolio still. I'm going to stick with it. Like I said, I bought, this was one I bought when it was in the gutter. I think I was paying like 62 or 63 bucks. So it was one of the first ones that I bought when I was like uncomfortably in cash. And I was like, I need to get some cash to work. So I'm up significantly in it. I mean, again, though, if you're coming in now, it's like, okay, this is 60 bucks a month and a half ago. Now it's 82. Now it's got all of its losses back from February. It's not cheap anymore. You know, that's the problem is that a lot of the stocks just aren't cheap. So time to book some profits, you know, maybe, and people are doing that in Qualcomm too. I'm probably going to stick with some of these stocks, but again, I can't argue with you if you want to book some profits here. They've been big moves. Yeah. Pop up to 80, 84. Do I see an eight? No, eighty-three oh one. That was after the Big headline moves. number. Squeezing the hell out of the shorts last night on all of these stocks and Twitter this morning. Squeezing the hell out of them, and the shorts are just like, "What did we just do? We just bought the top." They did. <laughs> and uh, same formation here. Uh, you are you've backed off. Uh, could not hold that uh, eight p.m. close. Just hanging in here. Let's call it 79 even. Let's call that your level of control. Uh, below 79 even. What do you got? You fall into the range. Yesterday's range. Ah, and that's the close too. So that's what I keep an eye on, folks. Uh, the close and the high were very close to each other yesterday. 79 even. So holds there. Yeah, maybe get back up. I don't think you're going to see that uh, that pre-market or after hours high. Uh, but 79, that had to give you that. That'd be the level for the day of me in Qualcomm. What about Teladoc here? I wanted to cover this one because this was a hot name for a while. They missed expectations uh, for their their Q1 here. Q1 EPS, they lost 40 cents a share. That's the, the loss didn't narrow, but the estimate was at 36 cent loss. So they missed the estimate by four cents there. Sales 180 versus 178 million dollars. So they beat that number. They gave some sales guidance for the quarter and for the year. The sales guidance for Q2 was good. The sales guidance for the year was was below estimate. So a uh, very mixed uh, quarter here, mixed report for a TDOC. I set it back on the 24th. I was a day early when this was 193. I was like, I think you're getting close to this 200. I think it's time to book profits. And uh, I just thought it was overextended. It went the next day and broke out to 200. Classic breakout over 200 to sucker in a few more longs and then the reversal. And then yesterday before that's a reversal day. I think rallies are to be sold in Teladoc. I think the story's over in the short term. Uh, you are trading at uh, 170 and change here. They haven't really killed it yet. 
Uh, let me see what the pre-market low is. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, they did on the initial number. They took it down to 163, but they managed to bring it back. What this stock has to do for the bulls to re regain control is you got to get back above 173. Your lows from the last two days were 72.68 and 173. Call it a double bottom. So old support, new resistance. I call that major resistance. Uh, Love to see it up there for a lower risk short. That 163 doesn't hold a lot of significance uh, to me. Uh, if you can blow through that, man, your next level support on the dailies is 156.06. But, uh, you know, if it gain, regains 173, uh, the bulls got a chance to see that close in 175.10. But feeling a little bit heavy here. Let's jump over to Zoom because obviously the relationship has been there for a while between Teladoc and Zoom. Both of these charts, if you look at each other, have kind of been following each other. But we have bad news in Zoom here overnight. Again, the big reversal almost on the same day that Teladoc had the reversal. Actually, a couple days before. So I gave you a little bit of a clue. Um, 181 was the high. We're selling off significantly here again. What's the headline? Yeah, so the headline, this is from The Verge, uh, who caught this. Very eagle-eyed catch there. From The Verge, they noticed that uh, Zoom had that blog post last week, right, where they said, we have 300 million daily active users, up from 200 million uh, a month ago. Well, turns out they quietly edited that post. They do not have 300 million daily active users. They have 300 million people uh, 300 million daily Zoom meeting participants. It's a key difference. A a a meeting participant is somebody who can be counted more mm -hmm. than once, right? Like we can we can we can uh, you and I can have five meetings in one day. We can count that five times, as opposed to a daily active user, which can only be counted one time. So, a uh, bit of a, a walk back here from Zoom on their blog post. Uh, I I'm gonna assume it was unintentional and not malicious. But uh, there's a big difference between 300 million daily active users. Those are uh, paying people who you can count one time and a uh, daily Zoom meeting participant, which you can count however many times you want. Love the product. We've used it every day. Valuation's ridiculous. We know that. It's had a story for a while, but the story's cooling off. So when the story cools off, that's when you got to get the hell out. And I think the story, the Zoom story has cooled off. I don't know if it's over, not to claim out. Same thing with Teladoc. I said the story's over for the short term. Story's cooled off in both of these things. So people are booking profits and it's had an impressive run. I mean, still $138. It's had an impressive run from where it started the year at 67. It's up twice. So don't think it's because it's at 138. It can't go back to 115. It can't. I don't know if it's going to, it's been a significant sell-off now from 180 down to 138. If you're shorting it now, it's down 40 points in, in four days. So late to the party here too. I'd probably more, I'd be more inclined to buy the dip here, but I don't know where to buy the dip. That's why I'm just out on it. I don't want, I don't want any part of it. Tough one here. Tough one. Tough, uh, too tough. Yep. Um, hanging out too close to the pre-market low of the session for me to like say, Hey, you know, you got buyers stepping up. I keep an eye on a very, very close eye here. 136. Uh, those uh, that's surrounding your two 15 minute brackets uh, came down to that area another time. So either shorts trying to bring something in there at 136 or you got a, uh, a true buyer. So I, I use that as support because you're up two and a quarter. The only problem is if uh, you lose this uh, one. 136 the next daily low i can give you is 125.60 uh so be careful there 
Uh, one four one fourteen was another daily low. We know we had a bunch of lows at the one ten area. Uh, S and P's, uh, we're leaking bad here. We uh, we've lost about seventeen Profit handles here. Yep, yep, just uh, did not get that pop off the uh, jobless claim numbers. I think that many uh, folks were looking to sell into. We're down, we're down over thirty handles here. It looks like we're sliding into that open. Uh, yesterday's uh, interday low, uh, 29.02 and a quarter of 10 points away from that. Do you have selling balances, Dennis? Or there there just... are some buys, there's some sells, it's mixed. Nothing influential. I will say there's a few buy imbalances there, and maybe that's going to help to hold up the open a little bit to get a short on. But this looks like a, a reversal day to me. Like, you know, with, with, with the way the stocks were getting bought last night and to turn around here, you caught some people. You squeeze the shorts. I feel like it was the short squeeze. So I feel like actually now rallies to be sold. So trading cap is now flipped from long, you know, where I was bullish long. Um, after seeing the reversal we've had here this morning, I think rallies are to be sold. So if we can get out of some stocks that open up for whatever reason, you know, even like Exxon Mobil and Chevron and a lot of these oil stocks are trading higher. Pretty good news. Exxon Mobil not cutting their dividend, but let's look. Royal, you know, Royal Dutch Shell. This is the first time. What'd you say? Give us the news here, Spencer. Mr. Israel. Yeah, sorry. I muted myself. You did it again. <laughs> Two days in a row. <laughs> this, is uh, a trend. Guys, this is a trend all of a sudden. A trend is not the, uh, our friend in this case. Was my mouth moving? But I, uh, all right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, RDS cut their dividend today for the first time since World War II. Uh, they cut it by here. Let me get the exact number that I had here on the pro. Uh, cut their dividend from forty-seven cents a share to sixteen cents a share. Significantly, yes, very significant. Significantly cut the dividend here. This took everybody by surprise. The stock's down ten percent over in European trading here, so people did not see this one coming. Um, I'm not surprised BP is down as well. Obviously, big oil company over Europe. Maybe they're worried the same thing. BP's got a 10% dividend here. Royal Dutch is cutting. You know, maybe BP is going to do it too. Um, this spooked the market, um, at least over in Europe, and at least the, the oil stocks there. Our Royal Dutch was up last night before this news. So this took the market by surprise. They did and, not and, this. and if there were two oil companies that were thought to be like the quote unquote safe plays, it was Chevron and this one because Royal Dutch, Royal Dutch it's for the dividend that they hadn't cut since World War II yeah. and Chevron. Those were like the, the quote yeah. unquote safe names in yeah. the sector. So throw RDS out the window now as far as safety. But it's, it's concerning. I mean, it's definitely concerning. And you're starting to get a little realization here, maybe from people who are just randomly buying. And maybe they're going to buy this dip and say, okay, well, we still got a dividend. But again, you're buying these companies for trades. If you're buying Carnival Cruise Lines yesterday, it's a trade. If you're buying oil companies, it's a trade. I'm not putting any of these things in my long-term portfolio. There's major problems with every oil company out there. There is major problems still with the cruise lines here. I know, yes, the cruises are cheap. And yes, maybe people are going to buck for next year, you know, a year out going forward. But they're not sailing right now. Um, yes, you know, they've had a nice, this is a short squeeze. This is a short squeeze on a lot of these stocks. Still a lot of issues. Um, and this is just an eye opener here. People are randomly chasing stocks in the rally are like, oh, they just got hit hard, at least over in Europe this morning. Obviously, this is widely traded in Europe um, by a major oil company slashing the dividend. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. If you're buying it for the dividend and then it gets, uh, I don't know, I'd be very, very, very cautious on these rally in oil stocks. I mean, we don't, 
how long is it actually going to take to get our consumption levels back to where it was, even if like we flipped a switch tomorrow and everyone had a vaccine. So I'll just take a look. We are, we are the secondary market here in RDS, but I mean, a lot of times you see, you know, you know, they get the ball rolling. Like no one wanted to do it. No one wanted to do it. Right. And then, Oh, well, Royal Dutch did it. So, you know, why don't we do it too? Uh, what's the symbol on that? RD. Uh, RDS dot B or slash B or dot A slash A. There's two okay. shared classes. RDS slash. RDS dot A. They both trade actively. You can kind yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're both active. at the, I can't tell you here. They're both at the lows. I mean, if you feel like you have to own this one, uh, take a look. You've had a nice move off the low. Uh, just call it 19, the low. You got to what, 37, right? 38, so almost a 20 point move. So 27, 28, maybe start to get interested That's a in this thing. Yeah. I mean, Again, be- why? Why? So if you're building yourself an investment portfolio, why do you want this stuff? I don't. Why, why don't, don't you buy, you know, the companies that you know are good? You know, I, and again, I, I, none I, of this I stuff's don't. going to, but, but people are, and people are thinking, oh, I'm going to throw these ones in and that one. And when you're buying dips, buy it on quality. Um, and this is, you know, oil sector. Royal Dutch is great. Great company, you know, in there, but it's in the wrong sector. Oil is just in trouble. Oil was in trouble before COVID started. And yes, no oil in Royal Dutch and Chevron, probably two of the best of breed, but one of the best of breed just slashed the dividend. That's telling you this problem in the sector. And, you know, you look at all these oil companies that have these ripping rallies, Halliburton up here again this morning, Schlumberger up significantly, you know, this morning. But you look and you think, I don't know. I don't know if some of these companies, you know, we don't know which ones are going to survive and which ones aren't going to survive. So I think this rally um, in all of these stocks is more of a gift, not like, I don't think Halliburton's going back $25. I don't think Schlumberger is going back to 35, 40 bucks. I honestly don't. I think the path leads resistance is still down right Correct. now. It's higher, but we've seen some reversals here today. Don't kid yourself. Some of these oil names could reverse too. Right, looking ahead after the close here, we're getting earnings from Amazon, from Apple, from Visa, United Airlines, Gilead, Amgen, <laughs> Western Digital, MGM, U.S. Steel, uh, Atlassian, it's going to be a big one. So uh, a lot of big names due to report Huge. after the close today. Today is probably the biggest day of, of the season, of the of the quarter. For very, very important day for the market. Um, you know, when you get these two days, it's between these two days where you have all the big names. I always had Tesla, Microsoft, Facebook last night, Twitter, McDonald's, you know, big names here this morning. But then tonight, it's just like, boom, Apple, Amazon, Visa. I mean, your huge names reporting here tonight. These are big components in your indexes there. And the market's going to look to them for leadership. But, you know, here we got the leadership from Facebook and Microsoft and Qualcomm and Tesla last night. And the market still rolled over. So that's an issue. That's an issue. So I'd be very cautious with, um, with the markets here. Have you guys right. seen uh, the uh, video, um, Dana? Dana showed it to me, and it was from a while ago about you know people doing conference calls on uh, on like Zoom and things like that. It was even pre Zoom, and it like it does the ding dong, and then it, it uh, introduces people, and then people are on mute, and then you know people are showing up late and leaving. Did you, have you guys seen that video yet? No, no, but it sounds like our show. I, exactly, as exactly. All right, final comments from me. Uh, phew, we're down thirty handles, and. Um, we're down 30 and a quarter handles and looks 20 like we're with pre- face, but with fair value, because remember we had the big run between. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So go we're ahead, down Dennis. 20. We're down 20, but we're down. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's an issue. 
I mean, we had a, the, the, the companies all reported great numbers, and we turned around and started slamming everything. It's profit-taking Thursday. That's what this is. I think sure. it's all profit-taking. All right. Uh, that'll be a wrap for us today. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40, as we have been for the past couple of weeks here to talk you through, the, or at least into the close. I want to thank our guest, Mark Chaikin. You can always catch a replay of this show on our podcast or on our YouTube channel. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. And that is all. So uh, for a free trial of Benzinger Pro, click on the link in the description of the video. Everyone have a great rest of your day. And Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40. Until then, be safe. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.